The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dangerous World Podcast. Brandon, this was a fun episode, man. We got into uh, the Ordo Templo Orientis, I think, or Ordo Templi Orientis. I don't even know. Just know it's the OTO. We got into that, and we got into the Golden Dawn as well. These are both uh, you know, secret societies that have heavy ties to Aleister Crowley, and we were very fortunate to be able to get ex-members of both societies uh very very um interesting experiences that they kind of talk about and they get into all the shady shit that they believe um that that these agencies are are a part of would you call them agencies or just societies i guess is the is a better term but what do you think of the entire conversation brandon that's good, man. Even if you don't really think that a whole bunch of the magic that they're actually practicing is like something that you can actually tap into, like like myself, you just have to face the fact that for a whole bunch of human history and up till today, a whole bunch of powerful powerful people do get some kind of ordinate power from joining these uh, these societies and so learning the inner workings of them gives you a little bit of a of a sneak peek behind how even the you know the most elite sometimes the most scariest people uh throughout uh, the the 20th century especially um have been have been forced to operate so any chance yeah. that we get to speak with ex members uh, of these uh, of these organizations is is really exciting so this was a good one well, and I would even say, uh, you know, you're saying up up till today, I mean, even the most powerful people in society today are admitted Freemasons or members of organizations that we don't even know about, like, you know, a lot of people don't know about the OTO and the Golden Dawn. So um, I would say even including today, you know, me, me, for me personally, and, you know, for these guys, too, they they talk about, um, you know, how a lot of of heavy hitters whether it be on the political spectrum, just the world stage, as we mentioned. Uh, we talked with uh, NY Patriot and uh, Lux. And, you know, these guys have a really great show called Occult Rejects. And then, um, you know, they're on BitChute, they're on Gab TV, they're on Rumble. Um, 
one thing that they told us that that I think a lot of our listeners would really enjoy is they had a seven part series on their show, Occult Rejects, sort of proving that Q was a psyop and that it was all just bullshit. Um, kind of talking about how it's a spider web type uh, organization, uh, uh, just complete nonsense that Q was pushing out. Um, very interesting how they how they kind of break that stuff down. And we get into all kinds of stuff, but it's all relative to these two organizations, the OTO and the uh, Golden Dawn. I find it kind of just cool just to be able to talk with people that may have rubbed shoulders with some future world leaders, you know, not not necessarily that they were able to do that. But I mean, these guys got into some weird shit tied in with magic. They were both practicing magic, like real magic, not, you know, card tricks and and rabbit tricks and shit like that. But uh, ritualistic magic, um, dark type magic is what seems to have gotten them out of it they both mentioned they specifically did not want to get involved with black magic uh or low magic or whatever you want to refer to it as but uh very very fun stuff man um so i gotta thank these guys and i do want to also throw out another shout out to deplorable janet who connected us with these two uh really great minds and just fun guys to talk to with that being said the housekeeping up front first and foremost this episode is 100 brought to you guys by our patreon subscribers um you know the people that want to you know spend their hard-earned money uh just kind of you know supporting alternative media um three dollars five dollars ten dollars we have these different tiers on patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast get extended versions of the episodes. You can hear the entire conversation of this episode and several others at this point, uh, just by paying $3 a month, you can throw down $5. You'll get my own solo episodes where I just rant about whatever happens to be pissing me off that week. Uh, we just did a great father's day episode. Um, you know, due to our poor planning, we weren't able to continue just the free version that we did last year uh, for the Father's Day episode, but we 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 kept the tradition alive. Let me just say that. Brought my dad on, talked about masculinity, toxic masculinity, and just uh, you know shady shit that the government's doing. We kept it kept it G on that episode, and then Brandon's going to come out with uh, his version of of what I'm doing as well. It's just going to be him on un- uninterrupted, and it's going to be uh, pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited for those. Also, Dangerous World Store is where you can go to buy merch. You can buy stickers. You can buy T-shirts. We are having the shirts on sale for $20 right now. Uh, Just because of Father's Day, we're going to keep that sale going for uh, another probably week or two, just depending on how generous I'm feeling. And, uh, I mean, what else, Brandon? We got Manscaped. Manscaped's very fun. I'm very honored that they were even uh, willing to – stick their neck out and tie their name to our bullshit podcast dude so uh with manscaped i mean uh i'm excited about them dude i hope that they want to stick on i think that we have probably got them a decent amount of sales but what do you think dude do you think they're going to stick with us 
I think so, man. I mean, we I'll, I'll we're always talking from the heart here. I want you guys to know that when I say that this lawnmower 4.0, their newest product, uh, is is really the bee's knees. I mean, it's it's really actually helped another one of my family members too. My girlfriend's son uh, got on with with Manscaped as well. He ordered the ball uh, deodorant as well, Ryan, and you'll Good. be ha- be happy to know that uh, he said uh, it worked very very well for him. Um, those uh, anti chafing boxers are still a uh, at least a weekly occurrence uh, for for me personally. Um, something about this piece, man, like it feels good. It feels sturdy, and you see the effects and how good it is time after time. Every time I've I've been using it, it's been problem free, not a, a a scrape to report. So um, yeah, no, I'm super happy to have them along with us, and I hope that you guys uh, invest in this product as well. Oh yeah, I heard from uh, a huge podcast, Drinking Bros. It's called Drinking Bros. Um, they used to be sponsored by Manscaped and the guy, one of the hosts, his name is Ross. He still, uh, every once in a while mentions how quality the Manscaped shit is. And he's like, we're not even sponsored by these guys anymore, but I bought the lawnmower. I think he bought the lawnmower 3.0 was the last one he did. And he hasn't had to replace it in like two years. You know what I mean? So these guys have some serious quality in their products. Um, you don't have to go on and buy just that lawnmower. Um, you know, it's a it's a expensive piece of equipment, but it's worth every single penny. I love mine very much. Uh, got that ceramic blade that is, you know, ceramic stays extremely sharp when it's cutting things like hair. Uh, you know, they, they make ceramic uh, knives like kitchen knives where, you know, that shit will stay so sharp if you don't like open up cans with it like my mom does. Every Mother's Day, I buy my mom a new ceramic knife and she chips it. Uh, you know, within like a couple months because she, you know, kind of just treats it like it's a metal blade. If you just cut what is supposed to be cut with something that's a ceramic blade, it will stay sharp forever. So uh, I encourage you to buy the lawnmower 4.0. But if not, uh, use that co- promo code danger, you'll get 20% off and free shipping around the world, no matter what you get from there. So that ball deodorant that you're talking about is eight bucks with our promo code danger. Um support us you know uh, at least we want to support these guys we want to hit our threshold so that they'll stay on board and we can continue offering these cool deals uh with that promo code uh danger at manscape.com but uh yeah dude seriously seriously quality products so um guys get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code danger at manscape.com it's 20 percent off and free shipping at manscape.com use the promo code danger and unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped guys all right with that being said man let's enjoy this fucking conversation because i was blown away i didn't talk much this is a uh, a rarity for this podcast brandon had some great questions and uh, I could even see the wheels turning in his head that he thinks that he could join one of these organizations because they say that uh, they are very left-leaning globalist types. So uh, if uh, if Brandon uh, goes missing, it will be because he joined the OTO or the Golden Dawn. But uh, I or, mean, or, guys, or if I start making more uh, more money than I do right now, that might be the the very reason why I might have gotten hooked up with the right people, but. Perfect. I mean, hey, I hope you do, dude. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I not not that you go away. I hope that you make more money than you do. Now. But um, I, I want you to stay here just to make that clear. But thank you guys for your continued support. Um, 
really really uh just just enjoy this one guys this was fun i i had a blast with this one so enjoy new york patriot and lux from the occult rejects podcast guys let's do it yeah man so uh, yeah let's start with you ny patriot what, right. what what was your experience uh obviously um you know we're not gonna not gonna get too much into your personal uh life with this whole shit but um what what was like what drew you to it first of all and and let's start with that well you know um like back i guess i think it was like around 2010 uh i started getting you know getting into conspiracies or going down the rabbit hole whatever people call it now um so around that time when i had started getting into that stuff i mean as a kid i've always believed in like ghosts i even believed in magic then i believed that ufos or there's something in the sky we don't know about. So I was always kind of open to stuff anyway, even as a kid. Um, so when I started getting into that stuff, I quickly kind of got into the whole like secret society rabbit hole. And I was like, okay, I really think this stuff is like into something. I did believe that they are influencing the world. And uh, as crazy as it sounds, I was just like, well, you know, if these are the people that are running the world, maybe I need to know what they're doing so that I can run my own world the way I want to. You know what I'm saying? Without maybe trying to break out of the influence or at least see what's going on in front of me, like at least know like what the whole deal is or what the plan is or what's going on. Like if I can't change much about it, at least I can see it and that play into it, you know, something to that degree. And then uh, I ended up um, eventually I, uh, I just started Googling ones that I was interested in. Uh, it was The Golden Dawn would have been my first choice over the OTO. Um, it wasn't so influenced by Crowley. The OTO was like completely all Crowley now. So uh, uh, I was more uh, I was more interested in the Golden Dawn, but there wasn't one near me. Uh, and there was an OTO actually pretty fucking close. So it just ended up working out that way. And, um, you, know, you know, and I can even say uh, as much as he was like a degenerate or, you know, maybe even borderline psychopath at sometimes, uh, I do believe Crowley was a... Um, an occult genius. Yeah. So I had still assumed that I would still get something out of going to the OTO, you know? Uh, And I assumed that it also was going to be very um, structured or regimented. And I had thought the golden dorm would have been too, which is why I was interested in them. But uh, so I ended up going, looking up the OTO. I found some places. I don't know if it was neither on, on YouTube first or Facebook, but eventually I got in touch with like a lodge in California and asked them, like, do you know, is there any places in New York or somebody I can get in touch with? And they're like, yeah, just go on the OTO website. And they sent me the link. They're like, it'll show you where the, you know, where every lodge is in the United States. And I was like, oh, I didn't know it was like that easy. You know, I'm figuring this is like some secret shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I got to go out and get like some decoder pin to fucking find out where the OTO lodge is. Exactly. So I go to the site and it's just, you know, it has, it shows you where they all are. I mean, it's not secret. They'll give you contacts. And, you know, sites that they have them, if they have Facebook groups, websites, you know, whatever, it's there. You can easily find it and get get in touch with them. And uh, I looked into their calendar and saw that they had a Gnostic mass and I eventually started. I went and, uh, you know, years and years later, I was uh, still going until I left. Wow, dude. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to get Lux in here, too. But a uh, real quick question. Do you think that those lodges that they set up online, that they show you online, do you think that? that you get all the information from those lodges that you would with something that wouldn't necessarily be online or be in people's faces like that? Uh, 
What do you mean, like learning at the lodge? You're talking about stuff like that? Yeah, like how you're saying that they show all the locations. Yeah. Um, it does kind of seem counterproductive for a secret society to have all their locations posted oh. online. So I'm wondering if yeah, there's well, something. Well, you know, see, this is when you go into the whole what's the agenda behind the secret society. Yeah. In my opinion, they probably want people to know where they are so they can just create more people that they want inside that order. Interesting. And kind of yeah. like just root through I mean, all of the people that there's a pyramid that scheme inside those orders themselves believe me there's Pun people intended, who I'm know sure. who know what they know and there's people who don't and the people who do use the people at the bottom i'm telling you so you know if the more people you can get with a liberal mind or a leftist ideology to join your lodge the more sheep and guinea pigs you're gonna have i hate to say wow. it. so i see brandon and that's Shuffle why the lodge is full with them Wow. Interesting, man. Interesting. Well, it's the total opposite of do what that will should be the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love and the will. It's the whole total opposite of the lemma. So you have to it's got to be on purpose. Why would you have hundreds of people in your order that practice and live completely opposite of what it stands for? It's because you need those mofos there. Yeah, it seems like what Aleister Crowley first started doing, because from what I understood, um, Aleister Crowley sort of fucked over the Golden Dawn a little bit. Um, And then he kind of, you know, uh, propped up the OTO. Um, But I'm I'm interested to hear from Lux just his like just quick introductory of of what his experience was and like why he was kind of gravitating towards that. So Lux, I mean, uh, throw it at us, man. Yeah, so um, I had always been interested in uh, just esoteric stuff. Even as a kid growing up, I had always been very interested in like uh, mystic christianity and um you know i I was always going to church as a kid and i would just notice inconsistencies that i just decided that i didn't really buy into christianity 100 percent because there were these different contradictions or you know so as i got older i didn't i kind of moved away from christianity and just really began to go down any rabbit hole that i could kind of go down because i'm just generally a very inquisitive person like I I like problem solving I like figuring out stuff and um, so I would say after 2007 I got really into the occult as far as uh, you know practicing magic every day and uh, learning different different methods and systems of magic and uh, eventually I decided that I was going to go ahead and try to make my way into a secret society because I wanted to have some structure in the way that I was practicing and studying instead of just grabbing random books and trying to figure out what was real and what was fake. I needed something more of a structure. So the Golden Dawn is, uh, I guess you could say more or less a magical school. Um, And so I did gravitate towards them. Um, Initially, I had made it, you know, sort of the number one priority is that I did not want to get involved in black magic. And um, so I had began to look around at different groups, different societies, and eventually landed um, on the Golden Dawn. There are a couple different branches or, you know, not even branches, uh, different versions or, you know, groups who call themselves the Golden Dawn. Not all of them are created equal. There's plenty of people who are just trying to make a buck, you know, selling certain books and things like that. Uh, but I eventually found the right one. I applied and there was about a year long vetting process. Uh, they wanted to know everything about me. I mean, everything. And um, I eventually, you know, e- even initially in my application process, I had made it 
extremely clear that I did not want to be involved in anything with Crowley. And they reassured me, no, 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 that's not, oh, trust, oh, he's such a terrible guy. No way, There's, we don't do that. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so as time went on, you know, um, I eventually got invited for initiation of, after about that year-long vetting process. Wow. And uh, yeah, I got, it, got in and uh, spent time in the order. And uh, as time went on, I eventually began to see strange documents and links um both on you know just like in our paperwork itself and then in also our websites that would lead to other orders that didn't have anything to do with us as far as i was told um and i talk about this all the time but we would even often go to masonic lodges to do meetings or rituals and things like that so a lot of times people they make the assumption that uh, secret societies are, you know, they're so secret that they don't know what the other one's doing. That's not true. They all work together pretty much. And uh, that was evident to me very early on. But after seeing the things that really disturbed me, because I would notice that as I would, as I, because I, I initially had asked, why is it I'm seeing these names on my paperwork? Why am I seeing uh, like links to these, you know, different websites on our website? And they just brushed it off, didn't really want to talk about it, but I'm way too inquisitive for my own good. So I began to like find out more information about those orders that were linked to ours, because I was always told that there was an inner order of the Golden Dawn, but I was not told that there were multiple inner orders of the Golden Dawn. And Can you so, give me examples of names or, or links to other lodges or, or uh, other societies? Just out of curiosity. Uh, yes. So I would say just it's pretty understood that the inner order of the Golden Dawn would be the RRAC. And then my biggest problem was that it was not the RRAC that I had seen, but that there were connections to Thelemic orders. And so I pretty much told them I wanted to get out and uh, they tried to keep me for a while, got all my paperwork finished because I was pretty persistent. They wanted to just kind of let me take a sabbatical or a leave of absence, but I didn't want to do that because I just began to have very weird feelings. And so I just decided this was it and I cut the cord and um, yeah, so that's kind of been the story so far. Lux, could, can you uh, expand on that on that anagram that you just R A R R A A C? Maybe I I don't, I don't or the listeners don't know what is what is that exactly? So the R R A C is um, I forget what it like actually stands for, but yeah, it's the inner order of the Golden Dawn, uh-huh. and uh, you, they say you know once you work really hard that you can get there and you can uh, you know it, you'll be really special because it's the inner order and. Um, yeah, it took a very long time to get there just because of, uh, again, the curriculum for the Golden Dawn was so school-like. It took up so much of my time. It was absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, I, it, it was really I've seen like... some of your guys' workbooks. It definitely does. Yeah, it's like going to school, like, full-time, like, in college. So, damn. So, I mean, that that's kind of interesting to me. So, like, the, that acronym, or the, um, the RRAIC, whatever it was, the, the, uh, that would basically be like the, a 33rd degree Mason, uh, which from like what we all understand is the highest level Mason, even though there are higher levels than that. Um, mm-hmm. but is that kind of how you would compare it? Um, no, 
No, I wouldn't. I, because I think that, so 33rd degree masonry keeps you within one right, right? So the Scottish right, you know, York right. Uh, and then once you, once you achieve the 33rd degree, then you actually more or less can go to a higher degree of masonry, but you can also go to joining groups like the, uh, the Shriners. Um, and the, in order for you to become a Shriner, you have to be a 33rd degree Mason. So, um, it's like it's a sort of like that but you know again once you finish your orders in the golden dawn and you go to the rrnac then it's like it's going into a another order itself so and that's yeah and it's like i would i would almost say i I don't want to interrupt but i think like a, a you know i would say the same thing i think for the golden dawn uh where the oto and the golden dawn in my opinion they don't they like start off probably like you know I'm just making up a number, maybe a, a Mason in like their high 20s degree or something like we start off on our orders automatically based on magic. Masons don't. Right. That's much higher up. Right. Right. So our orders, it's kind of almost hard to even say this is a lot like that because we already start off somewhere completely different than they do. So NY yeah. Patriot, so you you were fucking around with magic before you got into the OTO as well, then. Very well, yeah, very little. Like, I mean, I I really didn't have much of an idea of what I was doing until uh, you know, joining the OTO and and meeting other people that I knew were doing you know the right stuff, and I could kind of like learn from them or get ideas or experiences from. And oh no, I've been doing this wrong. You know, sometimes when you read stuff in a book. If you can't find it done visually, it's a little bit harder to understand, like, especially with a ritual, you know? Yeah, yeah. So when you know other people and you see it done other ways and you see people teach classes and give their opinions why they think this should be done that way or this way, that helped a lot. Yes. So then at that point, then I was able to, like, really know what I was doing. Fascinating. Because you told me um, in our DMs, NY, that uh, you had some very scary kind of... uh, ritualistic or magical things going on um i want to get into that for sure with whatever you're willing to disclose here um but lux you were also mentioning too (laughs) that you were messing around with magic before you you fucked around with the golden dawn uh did you have any kind of luck like you know getting things that you wanted or or because this isn't the magic for any listeners that you know can are confusing this isn't like you know pick a card and then you know they'll show a card this is stuff like you're trying (laughs) you're trying to put out what you want um and you're doing something when you said that lux i was thinking right away of zach king i'm not mm. sure if you're familiar with him mm. um but the, he's like the old uh uh what was he he's the head of the church of uh of satan a while ago um he got out of it he was he and he's become very religious i don't know if his story is legit or not mm. um but uh, are you like what kind of things would you guys both do um before you got involved with the societies as far as magic goes so i would i started out by more or less following golden dawn magic before i was even in the golden dawn itself so um you know i would do banishing rituals things that you know these practices that would help to clear your space from any type of uh, outside influence planetary influences earthly influences um and uh, i would say you know i practiced the middle pillar ritual 
uh, sort of like a cleansing or a chakra alignment ritual. Those were very early on rituals that I started with, but you know, it's almost a prerequisite to even get into the golden dawn that you have to be a practicing magician. And, you know, the way that it's explained is that imagine, imagine the first, the first order of the golden dawn is like the school of magic in which you're learning best practices, correct pronunciation of, of certain terms and words that you would use during rituals. Um, and you would learn a lot about tarot. So, you know, it was all of these different subject matters. And then once you graduated to the RRAC, then it was more or less like you were, now you were into the deep shit. Now you were into the, the much more difficult magic. And um, at that point, it's like your life, right? Couldn't you also say that too, that like, that's a huge part of your life once you get to that point? Yeah, I mean, the members of my particular order, they had like some of their houses were more or less half of the house was devoted to magic. I mean, imagine just walking into someone's house and you just, you know, see live, laugh, love on the wall. And there's like just normal things, TVs and couches. And, and then you'd go into the basement and there you would have an entire ritual wow. ceremonial magic area that it was, you could pretty much call it a temple itself. And then even beside that, they would have separate rooms for, you know, keeping all of the different rituals, ritual uh, tools that were needed. And then other rooms in the house that were for personal type of practice. So, yeah, when people got into, oh, yeah, when people got into the golden magic stuff or the golden dawn magic stuff, it, it, it really gets serious. So, damn. So people are like literally like fucking having to buy houses according to their societies that they're in it sounds so, like it's I'm like gonna, a double life yeah i'll be 100 yeah. honest I, I you know i'm eventually i was i'm going to be moving from where i am yeah and uh before you know and i have known this for a few years now um when i originally was knowing that i was going to move i was still practicing and i i'll be totally honest whatever we were going to get i was going to make sure i had my own specific room for that so i mean, yeah, I, I, mean I did myself yeah. i was i was that type of person too to where that was going to be a dedicated spot wherever I lived if I was practicing for that stuff. The whole fucking room, you know. I didn't want to smoke. <laughs> so I, I was, you, you know, I was. I don't know if I, you know, say extra. I mean, ceremonial magicians are kind of. I mean, I won't say extra to begin with, but I mean, I was like kind of extra, extra. I mean, I was even like a little bit like. I'll say I was like 70% a ceremonial, ceremonial magician and like 30% witch, you know? So like I even went out with the herbs, the oils and all that fucking crap, you know, the candles, the crystals, I went all out with that. So, I mean, that you could have a gigantic working space for that. And if you're really serious yeah. into it, people will have a room dedicated just for that stuff. Well, and so what got you away from it then? I'm curious. Cause I, I know that, you know, obviously some weird things can happen, but did you ever have like, was it one experience that, that got you out of it and why? Or was it just the culmination of all of these weird coincidences or whatever you want to call them? Um, I'm just curious as to why Why it sounds fascinating. It sounds like once you get involved, you don't want to leave uh, to an outsider. But uh, what made you abandon that? Yeah, uh, it was a culmination of a bunch of things. Uh, it was a lot of things seemed to happen at once. I mean, I, I hadn't been... I could say I probably wasn't happy really going there for like the last year, maybe even year and a half. Um, I was only going because maybe there was like two or three people that were kind of like, kind of like me instead of the rest of the, the people that were there. So I would, you know, go with them or meet up with them. 
Um, but I, I started noticing it was just a very, uh, it was very weird. Uh, it was, I'll be honest, most of the people there, I probably would have never have really spoken to or hung out with if I met them in the street. Uh, a lot of men- a lot of mental illness, um, a lot of weird sexual wow. orientations, uh, and I mean, you know, people whatever they have their own problems. I understand that, and I'm not knocking mentally ill people at all. Um, it's just that maybe magic is something that is a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something that they shouldn't be getting into. I'll just put it that way. Or oh, real magic, I'll put it that way. Um, or at least not in that setting. So it was just like, you know, it was just a very weird place to me. Um, I I never once felt I belong there. I'll be totally honest. I never once felt like, you know, this is my lodge. This is my home. Uh, I went most of the time just because uh, I just wanted to learn. I wanted to, uh, the Gnostic mass I did enjoy and I did start getting involved in that. So that was like a thing for me to like, look forward to maybe once or twice a month, I might do it. Uh, this is cool. It gives me a reason to go there. I can still see some of my, you know, the people that I talk to and possibly learn from somebody higher up that, you know, maybe I want to start doing something. They have experience with it. That kept me going for a while. And, uh, but eventually I was just like, um, it was way too obvious to me that it was almost like a leftist breeding ground. Uh, they seem to have all the cool kids and all the people that are always constantly doing things there, involved in the classes, the masses, the uh, whatever initiations, degrees. It was always like a lot of the same people that all seem to have a very much uh, leftist mindset. Um, and I just was kind of just sick of that. I thought I was just that that got obvious that like those were the people that were, you know, you had to be that type to really go anywhere else. And then um, they started pushing, uh, once they pushed Antifa and BLM during a Zoom meeting, I said, that's it. Like, I knew I was never going to go back anyway. Interesting. And, I see. Yeah. and then, and then with, with also things that happened to me in magic, it was just like with everything going on, I was like, I, I can't. I'm like, you, first off, I, I mean, I hated to even say it, like the fact that the OTO had to do a Zoom meeting to talk about what happened to George Floyd. This is going to sound maybe very brash or harsh or whatever, but if you got a, a secret society that's filled with a bunch of ceremonial magicians need to come together and have a kumbaya about what happened to George Floyd, <laughs> this place is fucked up. Dude. That is the last thing that all these people should be worried about. Exactly. And, you know, that's not offensive here. I just did a, a conversation with my father for Father's Day yesterday, and I was saying that congratulations to George Floyd because he's got 13 months sober. Uh, he's a piece of shit. That guy was. <laughs> so I don't have a problem at all with uh, any kind of that uh, that that rhetoric right there. Holy <laughs> but, I, you know, it's it's interesting to me, though, dude, that that you're saying that all of these people in these societies, and I'm interested to hear if, if Lux's experience was the same, the breeding ground of leftist mentality, um, not, not liberal mentality to be clear. Yeah, you know saying- what, you know what I, and I, I want to say that now in case other people are hearing me and, I, and I've said that word so many times, if we really think about it, I've always used it pretty much wrong. Liberal would actually be less. We, it probably would be actually better than like it's being used yeah. incorrectly. The actual nothing- I'm probably actually more of a liberal. Actually, yeah. I think all of us I want less are- laws. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of I think probably the four of us on here, I'm not trying to speak for anyone. I know Brandon yeah. is a liberal. He he says that all the time. But we're all probably more classic liberals, you know, believing in like like the first and second amendments of the United States are liberal ideas. Um, but that that movement has been hijacked by these leftists, yeah. yes. uh, meaning the left hand path, meaning everything that goes against God, whether you believe in God or not. Um, let's take it as energy. Energy is undeniably real. God mm -hmm. would represent good energy and Lucifer would represent negative energy or dark energy. Um, so that, that is like, you know, that left-hand path goes down that dark path. Um, and I, I do find it interesting because the right used to be kind of the tyrannical party and the, the party that wanted to censor and things like that, but it's just gotten to another level right now where, if you don't, you can be you can be Malcolm X, dude, coming back from the dead, and you can believe that there are only two genders, and they will call him a white supremacist. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I find fascinating, dude. It's getting to that point where it's just like, dude, what are we doing here? Um, but you know, you saying that you're not, you didn't feel welcome, you didn't feel like it was your home. Yeah. Um, I oh, but what like I was saying before, I wanted to say it. a lot of times when I do use the word liberal, I'm actually using it completely wrong. I, sure. think, I think that's a, a phrase that people probably should actually look into and realize that a lot more of us actually might be. It's just that the whole idea has been fucked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I agree 100%. Um, but with you feeling like you're not, like you weren't truly uh, at home with this, with this organization, the OTO, um, it's fascinating that these politicians they've got to be a member of some of these, if not multiple of these um, orders. And they have no like substance to them. There's no soul, right? I know Brandon doesn't believe in the soul, but we'll just call it substance. Like they're not deep people. Um, they, they are here for one thing and one thing only, and that's money, or I guess you can say two things, money and power. And those people that want to move up in those organizations, correct me if I'm wrong, they seem like they have nothing going on in their personal lives as far as like true love, true happiness, and they gain their uh, earthly power through these societies and through their connections and things like that. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, I would think uh, a higher up. You... Well, I'm going to put it this way in the OTO, the higher up you go, there's certain things that you're going to have to do with these initiations that would lead me to believe that you actually don't have any idea of who you really are, your own true will. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to be almost probably like a, uh, like a sheep or, uh, you know, or a fucking hamster. I don't know, whatever. You're stuck in a hamster loop that they got you in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess they're probably soulless because they don't, they don't even acknowledge their own anymore. You know, all they've done is taken somebody else's idea of who they should be. But, yeah, they probably don't have really uh, they don't give many fucks because they probably don't like realize what they're missing out on. I don't know how to explain it. Hmm. But um, I, I would say the people at the top top probably um, might not even really be interested in in the whole magic thing. They're just looking for people that they can use maybe for cold purposes like I'm. <laughs> I don't know how to explain ritualistic ritualistic. Yeah. Things. Like to them, it's like, they really could care less what these people believe as long as they're willing participants for what they want to use them for. Exactly. Useful idiots. You know what I'm yeah. So uh, that I would say at the top, top. So of course people like that. I mean, if you're willing to manipulate people and, and use them for whatever they're uh, yeah. I mean, you, you pretty much don't have much of a soul or uh, any decency about you. 
you, you guys are just introducing us to these organizations, uh, speaking for, for, for Ryan uh, as well. But a lot of the inner workings sound really familiar to a whole bunch of the other sort of social semi-secret societies that, that we have, just clubs. The, the, the fact that people organize themselves into hierarchical patterns and um, tends to take advantage of those below. I mean, I know you guys mentioned, you know, choosing this instead of the church. I don't know if, if you look back on it and felt, I mean, it wasn't much of a trade because that's how I, I the, the same way that you talked about the uppers in the church is the same way that I think about a whole bunch of the, the, the upper class people in the, 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 um, the, the church instead of these secret societies uh-huh. too. Do you, do you guys, did you guys have though a, a an official, uh, I guess, yeah, like a, an assigned mentor or a, a guide uh, when, when you came about or was it? something you guys meet in a in a larger room and hopefully you get enough social stability from the other members there because there there are these ones where you get there's like the the mormon church will say this is your brother you know this is your mentor he's going to guide you through this new faith did they did they formalize it in that way i Um, had a (laughs) i had someone who was yeah my mentor and uh we got to know each other really well over t- over the time that I was in and um so it was a little bit of both we I did have a personal mentor but there was you know a um, a lot of times you would just sit in a room and kind of balance a lot of magical theory off of each other and kind of learn from each other in, in different ways where there would be lessons uh every certain people in the lodge would do a different lesson uh, about a different occult subject so <clears throat> there was uh, a very guided, pointed path for me, at least. Okay. Interesting. And that's in the Golden Dawn, just to be clear. Right, right. Fascinating. How, how about in the OTO, uh, Patriot? Did you have a, uh, did you have a <coughs> real formalized mentor there? Not at all. No. Uh, and I'd be totally honest with you, that was very upsetting. Uh, when I first realized I wanted to join, uh, you know, for Minerva and the, you know, I think for most of all, up until the fifth degree, you can get people um, when you want to join, you can get people to sign off as a sponsor. You got to get two people to sign a sheet saying that, like, I basically think this person isn't crazy. And uh, yeah, they can join. I had I assumed that maybe, OK, maybe these people are going to be the ones that like I could go to. I didn't know what a fucking sponsor meant. You know, people are like, oh, you got to get this signed by like two people that are willing to sponsor you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. So, uh, you know, when I did that for Minerva, I found out, well, like, no, nah, we, we I mean, you can ask people stuff, but you don't have a mentor and you're not going to get, I mean, I could say at least for the first few degrees, you're not going to get tested on anything. And I wouldn't say they're going to test you later on. It's just that when you have to do certain things, if you don't know how to do it, then they'll obviously know you've been, you've been bullshitting, but no, they don't test you on any rituals. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. There's somebody who I knew that was up to the third degree and all they did was know how to do rush. And that is like a prayer that you do four times a day. That's like something you should have had down pat after six months and already started doing ritual work. <laughs> so now how did you get up to the third degree? You know what I'm saying? Nobody, nobody tests you, you know? Yeah, so, they uh, so we don't have that, but I will say, um, and I want to bring up the Ashton Argentum for, for two reasons. Cause Lux, uh, he should have brought this up. Maybe he forgot. Yeah. Stuff. What is that? Uh, that's an order by supposedly it was Crowley's order. Oh, the OTO was already in existence. Uh, Crowley ended up taking it over. Yeah. Gave it to him. 
Astrum Argentum was his order. Now, it, I wasn't in that, but if you join that one and you do become a student, they do give you a mentor. Uh, you're probably never going to meet the person or you will talk to them like through like emails or instant messenger. And when you go to do initiations, you could possibly leave the country and like you won't even know who's picking you up or anything like that. Like that's a real legit fucking serious secret society. That one. Now, the reason I wanted to also bring that up is because in that website that he was talking about, that was the inner order for the golden dawn, the RR, whatever he said, I mean, he even brought it up on on my show originally they suggested the AA also. So now we yeah. have an order of the Golden Dawn suggesting pretty much the inner order of the OTO, if you want to look at it like that. Yeah. So now you have the Golden Dawn in the AA with Alistair Crowley, like connecting at some point. That shows you that it's bullshit. They, they, they acknowledge each other. Dude, does that, is that where like Alcoholics Anonymous kind of took that AA term from, do you think? You know, Random I, question. I had, I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I've actually had a, a plenty of fans. Um, before I started the occult rejects uh, message me telling me and sending me stuff that they swear that that was made and designed by Crowley. Um, there was some things I wow. did find um, that that symbol <clears throat> is an occult symbol that they used to have with that circle and the triangle. I will even say I have that tattoo because it is a, a cult and can be used as a symbol for a, Christianity or Catholicism, but it is an occult symbol in itself. And it was originally used for AA when it first came out. And Dr. Bob and, um, and the other dude, uh, Bill, uh, was big into channeling people, uh, channeling spirits at one time. So, I, you know, I would not be surprised. I, I'll just put it that way. I've, I've seen enough stuff that if I can just find a little bit more, I would actually put out a show on it. Because I'm convinced that I think he was that that was influenced by by uh, a secret society. You know, some type of occultism is influenced in there. Well, are we are so are we talking about the circle with the triangle inside, and then it says serenity, wisdom, and courage, or just yes, the more simplified yes. version? The one without those words in there, just the circle with the triangle in it. Yeah, that that clearly looks like something pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, those words uh, seem to change meaning. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, uh, Patriot, you mentioned the proclivity for uh, members of the OTO to be experiencing some kind of mental health issues. Um, I don't think that it's a big secret that uh, societies, no matter where they are at the ground level, they're just going to have more people uh, suffering from mental health issues. Uh, and um, even uh, substance abuse issues, right? Like, um, I don't know about the way that... I mean, yeah, it's unfortunately, a lot of people like that gravitate towards this stuff, too. Well, uh, yeah, no, I want to ask uh, uh, you, and then Lux, I'd like to figure out if you had this similar experience in in, in the uh, in the Golden Dawn, too. Do you see, though, that proclivity as a, a feature or a bug in it? Because I, I can rationalize in my own mind why people at the top who are looking to take advantage of people at the bottom would not be uh, turned off by the fact that a mem- that a majority of their members on the bottom, the 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 sheep that they fleece the most, are really in 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 some kind of mental torment. So is that is that a feature or a bug in your in your uh, estimation? Well, what I'm going to say is that the people that I said was the cool kids, um, the people that everybody loved, was always involved, asked to do things. A lot of them are the ones that I was saying uh, might, you know, with the mental illness. So, I mean, that, that just should say it right there. Obviously, they're welcomed and uh, used. 
Well, but I mean, but you're saying they're the cool kids. I I was actually expecting it to be the 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 opposite. So are you, are you saying that? Oh no no, you go in there and tell them you got some fucking crazy uh, new identity that you're a fucking non-binary penguin. You know they'll applaud you. Yeah yeah, yeah. You okay, know? gotcha. You know what I mean? So I just cut off my dick last week. Oh, you're the best. You know some right. crazy shit like that. Yeah. You know, or 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 or, or, if, or if you want to go out. And, and go protest in the streets for something that had nothing to do with you at all. Oh, you're even better. You know what I'm saying? If you're like not gay, but you want to go protest some fucking transsexual shit, because they'll 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 go out and do things for for shit like that. Also, uh, you know, you're even better. You're, you're such an SJW. You know, because they, they loved SJWs too. At, at Lux is the is the Golden Dawn. Does it have that similar kind of of vibe? Because I I have an again an image of what a meeting might look like. And mm-hmm. these aren't people dressed up in in uh, you know in in dress blues or 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 uh, black tie uh, outfits. I, I know mm-hmm. there's there's raggedy shorts and and a lot of uh, what's that uh, that that hippie uh, lotion uh-huh. that, that that the hippie uh, girls uh, use and a lot of oh, open toed shoes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of open toed shoes. Is 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 the mental illness, which I know it's it's big in in any secret society. Um, especially one that considers itself outside of the mainstream, like hermeticism certainly does. Um, is that, in your estimation, a feature or a bug in that secret society? Uh, I would say neither. Neither. Uh, I um, did not encounter many people at all that seemed to display any type of mental illness. Uh, there were lots of very successful people uh, lawyers, school administrators, pe- people with power. And um, I think that they more or less like to really filter out people who could potentially have mental illness um, because it could give the order a, a negative name and there's such a long vetting process. They want to make sure that you're, um, they want to make sure that you're sane, but they want to make sure that you are you are prone to manipulation that you that instead of being mentally ill when you go in that as you go through the grades you more or less get brainwashed into psychopathy just just saying enough not to make a mess i gotcha i gotcha um no i would like to add a quick because yeah. you know, me and lux have even mentioned this on on other shows and he can even uh, tell you that you know, even the people that you're going to see in the OTO, if you had like our lodge of just the people standing next to, I'm sure his lodge, you would look at us and say, this is two totally different people also. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I shouldn't, and, I shouldn't and that's Sorry, all, I that's all I think by design. Cause if you think about it, a lot of these secret societies, they all have their type of click or type of style of person that it will fit. You know, if you want a little bit more edgy stuff, you go to the OTO and, and, you know, I was even going to bring up, Crowley was bisexual. So then right off the bat, right there, you're going to get whatever people with weird sexualities that might be interested in magic are going to gravitate towards that because that's, you know, Crowley was bisexual. So that stuff's, you know, whatever. So you'll get people like that, maybe even a little bit more edgier. Now you go to the Temple of Set or the Order of Nine Angles. If you're a little bit more conservative, you're probably like a Golden Dawn or the Freemasons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, the the interesting thing about you know, the people that I was around is that they were very successful and they all, many of them at the higher levels were also in other secret societies. 
And, you know, we would, I tell the story all the time, we would have this guy more or less who would come in and kind of check in on our temple. And uh, he was part of the AA and he was also part of the RR at AC. And I mean, this guy had rings on his finger that looked like Super Bowl rings. Like he, I mean, he was one of the, the really high, mm-hmm. high level guys. And uh, I mean, he was, I don't want to go into him too much, but he's a very successful guy. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting because like New York Patriots said, it does seem that, you know, they give the appearance that everyone is separate, that these groups are not part of one giant pyramid, but they are. Each order of any secret society, I personally believe feeds into another order of another secret society so that you eventually get more filtered and filtered and filtered and filtered as time goes on. They learn things about your personality, who you are, your, your, uh, you know, your, your traits, and they kind of push you in certain directions. So, you know, if you're, you could stay at like the third degree of masonry forever. They don't care. I mean, they'll keep you there more or less on purpose, but then, you know, they pick and choose certain people to move in different, in different directions. And it is, I absolutely 100% believe that they, they put out all of these blanket groups just like patriot was just saying and then they just know that your personality trait is going to push you towards one of those groups and so they have them kind of categorized based on personality type it's really i mean if you're if you're trying to you know make a power structure it's a good way to do it and they've definitely got it down pat because i mean the, just the work that we've done on the podcast we clearly Jump show in. clearly show how every secret society that we've researched so far including our own they all feed to each other and then to groups groups higher up with the names that are less known and harder to get into and it's just i mean so that that's that's how you get sort of even like a slave class within the occult that also have masters above them so it's just very uh methodical i I would even say i'm sorry you can go. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I would even say, like you guys, I think mentioned before about like sometimes like you'll see like you know the Knights of Columbus or you have like other like things like around in your area, like these like little, you know, type of secret societies, little unknown ones. If you were to look into them, you might be surprised that if you dug far enough, you might actually find it's an inner order of the Masons or somebody else. These little ones are like who the fuck knew that loyal order, loyal order of the Moose was the Masonic. Fucking didn't know. You know, I didn't know the Shriners were either until me and Lux started getting into this stuff. But a lot of these small little ones that they had just had these weird names, you'd be surprised if you dug into them enough, they might actually lead to like a serious secret society. You just don't know about that order because you know, I never fucking heard of that. Yeah. Or it doesn't then, sound it doesn't sound edgy. You know, I didn't even think about looking into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Lux, you mentioned mm-hmm. that 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 knowing that that finding that out was like a stepping back point for you to I does learning that they're so intricately like intertwined does that invalidate any of the truths that you were learning or discussing at these meetings or 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 is it or is it more that you just see yourself in a in a um it, it, you know near the bottom of the pyramid at that time and don't like hmm. that aspect of it it's I don't know if you're still 
practicing things like the the lesser banning ritual of the pen, uh, of the pentagram, which is like a lower mm-hmm. level one. That I know you're probably doing before you even got into the order. Does 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 seeing how sneaky they were being, does that shake your belief in these kinds of rituals at all, or is it just like I don't want to be a part of this group kind of thing? Well, I mean, it's very interesting. You know, in the Golden Dawn, there's a lot of Christian symbology. And in, in the early levels of Masonry, there's a lot of Christian symbology, you know, and, and it's so you get this more or less image of, oh, well, these must be Christians. But as you move up the grades, the tone changes. And it, for people who don't aren't paying attention, maybe they just maybe they don't see it or maybe they're just willing to ignore it. But it's very obvious that they, it takes a tone. And as you research the uh, different tone, and as you research the occult groups, the ones that are at a much higher level, you'll see that 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 tone is echoed at the high at the high levels, but is totally different than what is being told to you at the bottom levels. So you know, and even when I was in the Golden Dawn, like one of my first days in, they told me, yeah, 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 just wanted to let you know that we put out this you know, lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram for the for the public. But that's not actually how you really do it. You know, there's some extra steps here. There's some other things you need to do. So and that goes all the way up to like Royal Arc Masonry. You're always told, oh, well, here's one of the secrets. But then you go up the next level and it's, oh, well, actually, what we told you about that last secret, it's not quote, absolutely true. Here's some another piece of information. So learning that there was always this bait and switch there was no way for me to even trust the rituals that i was doing in the end because i was like well what if what if they've constructed these rituals in a in a way that's 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 spiritually charged or magically charged that i don't even know what i'm doing yeah i mean i i might be able to decipher every word of the ritual every movement of the ritual but what about the creation of the ritual you know the people who actually were working in magic theory, because once you get to the higher levels of the golden dawn, you're working in magic theory, you're writing rituals yourself. So, I mean, yeah, it makes you start to question everything. The the idea too, is that like, even at those lower levels, even if you suspect you're not quite doing it in the prime way, it's still working for you, right? Like I imagine you're not doing magic and not getting some feedback from it, and then that that drives you to going into a secret society. At some level, mm-hmm. even if you question whether you're doing it right, you're still you still see these these things working by some mechanism, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So and I, then wanted, the, I would even say, um, and I think Lux could even say this. I mean, there's also plenty of ways of doing rituals, kind of really not to do much of anything. I mean, you mentioned the lower lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. I mean it's removing uh, energies from you. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe around your surroundings, it's, it's giving you like a clean slate, you know? I, I mean, that's magic. Yes. But on the very, very basic form. So, I mean, like that stuff I did for months and I know he probably did for months and like you were just doing it because you needed to practice and learn that ritual. You know what I'm saying? So I can say for myself, I mean, there may have been times I knew I really wasn't doing much of anything, but I just still did it. because I wanted to know how to do that thing in my sleep. Yeah, that's have uh, you got to where it to where it becomes a physical meditation at that point. Yeah, understandable. Yeah. So do these do these rituals like actually get you something in your experience? I know that this might be a stupid question for you guys, but I'm curious as to someone that's never fucked around with magic 
only thing I've done is fucked around with a Ouija board and like tarot cards. You know what I mean? That's cool. Um, what what have you gotten out of performing rituals? If that's something I'm even able to ask you without getting too personal. You want to go first, Lux? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would do, um, uh, again, even to get into the Golden Dawn, you kind of have to be doing these rituals for a whole year uh, ahead of time. And, you know, I would ha- constantly even have my uh, magical journals that I would be doing daily. That, I mean, my mentor would check that shit. So he wanted to make sure that I was really doing what I was claiming that I was doing. I would have to perform rituals in front of him to make sure I was doing them correctly. And uh, I definitely saw results. So uh, I think the real question is, even though you're getting results, are they good results? They might seem impressive to you at the time, but mm-hmm. I mean, is it really, I mean, for example, you can look at a lot of occult, um, like magicians will talk about how after they've been doing these ritual or these banishing rituals for so long that they begin to physically see objects in a room that are not there. This was, this was explained to me as though something I needed to prepare for. Get ready to be able to walk around your regular life and see things that are there, but also not there. So, you know, <laughs> it was strange things like seeing something out of the corner of your eye. Then turning this to isn't unusual. I'll I'll even say that for Lux. This he's right. This isn't unusual. In some there, very good magic books that I've even come across, they even tell you about this in the beginning. So he's like not making this up, you know. Yeah, it's very, very common. And um, yeah, so you would be able to see this stuff more or less happening around you, and you just were like, Whoa! But I mean, I will definitely say that as I have stopped doing certain rituals, I've noticed that the effects from that ritual that I once did, they're no longer there. It's weird. You can, like, you can slowly feel it no longer around you. It's bizarre. So is this from like another dimension or something? Um, well, the way that it's explained in the Golden Dawn, at least, is that all dimensions are neighboring each other yeah. all at the same time. And that with the right eyes to see and using certain med- meditative practices and rituals that detach you from the physical world that you're able to see things in the spiritual. Fascinating, dude. Well, so this was another yeah, but question. That's like, that's real magic right there. Though. And know? that's, that's interesting because I have another question for both of you guys, but th- w- when you're saying real magic, what do you think the whole idea about like uh, Las Vegas magic is? Is that a straight up a distraction? Uh, is there some sort of validity to like the Dangerous listeners, we felt extremely fortunate to speak to former members of a couple of the most infamous secret societies. And if you guys want to hear the rest of our conversation with them, it's real simple. Just go to patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast and drop a small donation. You'll get this and all of our other full-length episodes there, as well as some extra content that we produce for the patrons exclusively. Until then, comrades, stay safe.